Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And welcome to a brand new season of the Green Beige Podcast. As you can tell, we're a bit we're in a bit of a celebratory mood because there are lots of things to celebrate. We are back, as you would have recognized, we weren't around for the last like six to eight weeks or so. But you know, summer is family time, lots of things are happening. I know, yep, football is back and we are back. Before we get too deep into what we are going to talk about today, we have to celebrate on with some others. You know, we have had the Olympics this summer. Mm-hmm. And we have had many folks who were successful in their ventures to gain medals. We have others who did not gain medals, but just qualifying for the Olympics is a big enough deal that we will celebrate with you, regardless of what you managed to do or did not do. So congratulations to all of you. Also, we had the induction of the new inductees for the Football Hall of Fame. So this year, they had an an extra special presentation for the Football Hall of Fame because due to the severity of COVID last year, the 2020 inductees were not able to get in, or at least they were not able to have their own enshrinement ceremony because COVID. So this year, we had the 2021 inductees going in as well as the 2020 inductees who were able to join in in this entrainment ceremony. For 2021, we had Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Alan Fanica, and Drew Pearson, who were all of the players inducted into the Hall of Fame, as well as Tom Flores, who was the coach of the Raiders and the Seahawks, and Bill Nunn, he was a scout for the Steelers. For the 2020 inductees, I mean, they had 20 inductees for that um, particular year of inductees. That was the celebrating the 100th anniversary of the NFL. And as a result, they had a lot more people going into the Hall of Fame than normal, and we celebrate with them. 20 names is, is quite a lot to call. So we'll just you know, tip our hat to you, and we'll keep it moving. Now, while we are celebrating the return of football, football is looking a little different for this 2021-2022 season. And not least of all is this whole situation still with COVID. AJ, you remember when COVID first came up, the thought process was that this wasn't going to last very long. It was going to probably be done in like three months. And now we are... Yes, so we thought. Now we're in the second year of still dealing with COVID. Season two Um, of COVID. Yep, season two of COVID. And as everybody understands, a lot of the um, rationales that are being used at this point in time are not necessarily being done for public safety being foremost. A lot of this is being done because 
the money got messed up last year and everybody is still trying to cast their hands. So therefore, we're going to do whatever we can to make sure that the money isn't messed up again this year. Enter the new COVID rules for the NFL. So, AJ, let's get into this. Let's let's mm-hmm. start here. So, you know that last year was the first year that we basically had football playing on every single day of the week because of all of the reschedules and restructures and trying their hardest not to cancel yeah. games where they don't yeah. want to extend the season and all of that madness. So, this year... For 2021, the league has informed clubs that there will be no um, extensions to the season to accommodate a COVID-19 outbreak. Now, of course, as everyone should be aware, they have done their best to get everyone vaccinated so that, you know, we don't mess the money up. But as we are looking at this, we know that the season this particular year and going forward is now going to be a 17-game schedule. So we have an 18-week regular season. And on top of this 18-week regular season, there is no time, <laughs> really, to, to reschedule do, and, yeah. yeah, to have any reschedules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there is an outbreak of COVID-19, especially, by the said, among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss of that particular game. When you look at it a little deeper, they said that all the players on that team and the team that they were to play against are all also going to forfeit their game checks for that week. So let's say for arguments, say AJ, your Patriots are playing against my Saints and your Patriots were the ones who weren't getting vaccinated and we had to cancel our game. We all lose our money. We'll get a win and you'll get a loss. So, I mean, this is a perfect place to go off the rip. So when you look at this particular um, wrinkle in this new rule that's being put out there, what is your first thought? This is, this is such a heavy topic, right? And generally, I'm I'm no, I'm I'm not going to get into the whole um, like what my views are on vaccinations or anything. I, that's nobody else's business. However, um, with regards to this current situation at hand, I, I'm I'm saying that to lead up to say that I'm generally with this situation, I'm kind of on the fence about it because the fact that you're playing with these men's money, you're threatening their money essentially, but. I, I think it's a ticklish situation because while you do want everyone to get vaccinated, that doesn't actually prevent you from getting it. It prevents you from, from suffering as badly in case you were to actually contract COVID-19. But so I, w- what, had, what had me wondering the first, um, when I first saw this was, okay, so what happens if it's a vaccinated player who contracts it and causes an outbreak in a team? Like what, what, what becomes of that stipulation then? Uh, so, so with this, generally, I, I don't know. Can I'm on the fence. I'm, I'm because because they they they're putting anyone who may have like um, any sort of apprehension with regards to the with regards to vaccine getting vaccinated. They're putting them the players that is in in a type of situation that is like, all right, well, if you don't get this, you're gonna lose, and you're gonna hurt the entire team. So everybody gonna be mad at you too. So it's it's, it's such a precarious 
it's such a precarious spot to be in. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in that spot. I wouldn't. So I mean, if, if, if I had any, sorry, if I had any reservations about the vaccine, I wouldn't want to be put in that spot. The, the, my main question is like what I just asked you. So what happens in the event that is a vaccinated player who contracts COVID? So I was here looking through the rule and the note that they have here on NFL.com with regards to the whole um, vaccination thing. Um, and it does not, well, it says, if a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. So from- that Sounds like nicely worded BS. Well, I mean, so the way how it looks to me, they are mm. willing to make concessions for those who get the vaccine. Right. So if you if you get the vaccine and we have 15 players who are all vaccinated and we can't play the game because too many men have COVID, then as the rule said, if you have two negative tests, 24 hours apart, then that means as far as the NFL is concerned, you're free and clear and therefore we should be able then to get back to regular business. Mm -hmm. So if someone or there is an outbreak of COVID in the team and it is caught early, let's say it has happened, it happens on Tuesday because, you know, if the guys play on Sunday, then they have Monday off and then they come back then back to start Tuesday. going through their stuff, preparing for the next game on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So let's say they come into this facility on Tuesday, they have COVID, they can't go on Tuesday. But then by Thursday, everything is free and clear. Then maybe we can push the game from Sunday mm -hmm. to Monday. We could probably push the game from Monday to Tuesday. We could push it from Sunday to Tuesday. Maybe they may, be, they may want to work with you. However, as we know, there are lots of players who are very much against the vaccine and have been speaking mm -hmm. out publicly against taking any right. kind of vaccine right. for this thing. And some have even gone so far as to threaten retirement because they are not interested in taking mm -hmm. the vaccine. So when you weigh all of that, when you take all of that into consideration, it puts them, as you said, in a very, very ticklish spot because you're not just affecting yourself, but you're affecting your brothers and the NFL is supposed to be a brotherhood and you're not right. just affecting our team, but you're affecting the other team as well. Trying to make the entire fraternity turn against against those individuals. But when you say A, you got to say B. Remember, we, we just talked about the fact that this thing is messing up the money. Mm -hmm. And yeah. at the end of yeah. the day, if all of our money gets messed up, TV deals and everything gets affected because the games aren't playing. Yeah. This all then factors in and filters back into the money that the players themselves make. It's a very difficult situation. It is. I, I won't lie to you. Usually I would have an answer for you, but this time, I don't know, Ken. I'm honestly, I am honestly just, I, I'm, I'm kind of just like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that's not me because I have no idea what I would do if it was me. Honestly. I mean, no, I mean, okay. In, in, if I were one of those individuals who was, had, had, like I said, reservations about getting the vaccine. If, if I were one of those individuals and I were in that position, I would not know what to do. It is, it's a lot of things to consider. And, you know, obviously these guys, 
they, it's not like they just make decisions on their own. They consult their families um, when it comes to, to, to things regarding their careers. So this is, this is a tough one, boy. This is a real tough one. It is a tough one. But for me, at the end of the day, I, what I would really like or what I would prefer. This is Ken speaking as Ken personally. Mm. I prefer if everyone takes into consideration the words coming from the medical fraternity and not the armchair doctors who know <laughs> just about as much medicine as me and you. We leave it there. <laughs> so that was off the rip. Now, as we had mentioned in the intro, the preseason is in full swing. So we had the Hall of Fame game where on August 5th, the Cowboys played the Steelers. The Steelers won that game 16-3. to And week two, or week one of the preseason, because this is the first full slate of games, mm -hmm. is in the books. We had the Patriots beat the Washington football team 22-13. to The Steelers down the Eagles 24-16. to The Titans beat the Falcons 23-3. to the Bills beat the Lions 16-15. That was actually a pretty close game. The Cowboys lost to the Cardinals 19-16. The Bears beat the Dolphins 2013. The Broncos mollywopped the Vikings 33-6. The Ravens benefited from six turnovers from my Saints and beat a 17-14. The Browns beat the Jaguars 23-13. The Bengals 19-14 over the Bucks. The Jets beat the Giants, 12-7. Battle of the Meadowlands, two still fairly mediocre teams. The Texans beat the Packers, 26-7. The Chiefs down the 49ers, 19-16. The Seahawks lost to the Raiders, 20-7. The Chargers beat the Rams, 13-6. And the Colts beat the Panthers, 21-18. Now, AJ, I don't know how much um, you really pay attention to the preseason. I personally, I don't pay that close attention, especially the first week of the preseason. Yeah. And the main reason for that oh, is yeah. most of the starters don't play much of the preseason, especially this very first week. And we had some, some interesting things happen in some of the games. We, had, we, we got a chance to see Mac Jones. He played some extended minutes for the Patriots. Um, there are lots of people who are writing lots of wonderful things about the Bears and their quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. And then it seems the most interesting thing that happened in the Chargers and the Rams was the fact that they had a fight in the stands between Rams fans fighting against each other. <laughs> yeah, that went viral. That went viral. That was really funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. And did, yeah. you, did, you, did you realize that there were different angles as well? Yes, like it wasn't yes. Like, yeah. yeah, there were multiple people that were recording this thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... Maybe it doesn't get as far as it did if the lady who was at the back didn't throw the cup. You, you know what's funny about that? The night before that happened, I was mm -hmm. actually watching the Netflix documentary on the Malice in the Palace. Mm -hmm. So it just brought, <laughs> I just brought it fresh to, to, to my mind, right? And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. couldn't have been more perfectly timed for me. It was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, so the man to collect the blows. <laughs> I mean, I can't say you can't really say well, how innocent, innocent he was yeah, because yeah. you know they they had the verbal tete a tete that was happening before the um before the mm. blow started. Shout outs to the guy that was wearing the Aaron Donald jersey because you know he held his own against three people. 
you know. I was his, swinging going down. Yeah, but I think that his the what worked against him was the guy that was sitting behind him that put his feet on his backside and pushed him over, and then <laughs> it was over. It I was, wanted no parts of that. He wanted no parts. Yeah, as, and set the guy up. I mean, he just literally fed him as a lamb to the slaughter. Yeah. So yeah. that was the preseason. At least that's what happened last week. And we have some more preseason games coming up this week. Um, just to mention a couple, Patriots and the Eagles, we have a rematch of a previous Super Bowl in preseason. That may be, that may be interesting for some. Um, the Chiefs are going to play against the Cardinals. There's a battle of Texas with the Texans and the Cowboys. The Saints, they're going to play the Jaguars. So I'll be paying attention mm. to that because we actually have something happening with the Saints that has me very, very interested, at least what's happening with them in the preseason. But those six turnovers, that is something that we definitely have to work on. We can't have that going into the season. So, AJ, did you see that the NFL has decided that they are going to crack down on taunting? Yes. That's exactly how I feel about it too. So, if you are a player and you do anything, let me make sure that I get the um, the wording that they have here. Um, so taunting can already be almost any celebration interpreted as showing up the opponent in some way, spiking the ball, dancing, trash talking, or anything else one might be created enough to conjure bowing at the base and altering straight when approaching the goal opponent's goal line are explicitly listed as unsportsmanlike acts in the ncw rule rulebook sorry as is imitating the slashing of the throat and the nfl now bans any violent gesture or any act that is sexually suggestive or offensive or also simply baiting or taunting acts or words that may engender ill will between teams. So, AJ, you remember Tyree Hill. Tyree Hill had this act, this 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 thing that he liked to do. Yeah, he'd throw the peace sign in your face as he's running into the end zone because obviously nobody can really catch Tyree Hill. Mm-hmm. When the NFL decided to start cracking down on that, then Tyree Hill had the ingenious idea that with his yellow gloves, He's going to paint a black hand on the inside, which is throwing up the deuce on his index and middle fingers. So he'll just show you his hand. But apparently all of that now is out. You can't high step into the end zone. It was so bad that in the Colts game, I think it was Marlon Mack. He had a run up the middle where he basically pushed pile for like a good 12 mm-hmm. 15 yards mm-hmm. he got up and feeling good about himself he flexed you know he was you know he's chewing out a bit and gave those 15 yards right back because apparently that violates the taunting rule the nfl has earned the name they earned the reputation of being the no fun league and this to me carries it even further in that direction your thoughts Okay, so initially when this rule was introduced, because you mentioned the Tyree kill, you know that I wasn't a fan of that peace sign thing, right? Of course. You know, yeah, and and not just that, <laughs> but like the backflip in the end zone, especially. I thought he was a little yeah. too much. 
Yeah, you didn't consider that to be disrespectful. Correct, correct. So when I initially saw that this rule was being instituted, I was like, all right, you know what? I didn't think I would be so against it because I'm like, I I felt like things were getting out of hand. You know, like certain guys were were getting a little too extra with their their taunting, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. But it was that same video we saw of Marlon Mack making that run. And when you told me, because if I remember correctly, you wouldn't want to, well, can't remember if I'd seen it before, but you shared it with me. And this was like, so this is an example of what comes for taunting this season. So when I saw that, I immediately changed my mind. I was like, nah, <laughs> the NFL can't be serious. This for real? This for real? And the, the, the thing about it is, I, I, I feel like this taunting rule is even more egregious than like the NBA's. NBA's, if you they get a tech or whatever, a little one shot. Mind you, games can be decided by a single point, mm-hmm. but, but giving up a tech is no way as, as bad as having to give up 15 yards. <laughs> yes. Not, 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 in a, not, not in a game of inches, not mm-hmm. in this game of yards, you know? So I, I, as you say, like, they, they, they are sticking with this reputation of, of, um, be, uh, of being now no known as a no-fun league. And didn't they just, like, give a little leeway for guys to be able to celebrate? Yeah. We literally so just whole, got... The, the so you can't celebrate anymore either then because well, how, do you de- how do you differentiate a celebration from a taunt no at this point it is it man, is ridiculous man the nfl gone stock raven mad i i i, I hate it i i didn't initially but i really do hate it no even 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 me the, the prude who who was so glad that that tyreek hill lost and you know got the deuces thrown back in his face like it, as much as I didn't, I don't like that stuff during the game. Honestly, yeah, so I, I, even if a man flexing because he make a good run, poor Marlon Mack. He every season he out injured. Man probably was <laughs> was feeling real good about himself, as you say. You know, like just feeling real good because the man really got got through the pack, middle of the field, get through the pack. You know, like took about three, four to bring him down. Just a little flex, and all of a sudden your play get taken away. Oh come on, come on! It's that's too much. That's too much. That's too much. So I am glad. It makes my heart sing to hear that you and I actually agree <laughs> on this one. Because remember when we had the whole thing about Tyree Hill and chucking the dose and the backflip and stuff like that, you were against it. And I was like, well, for me, I really don't care. It's fun. Mm. It is a game that they're playing. You're supposed to be able to enjoy yourself. So yeah. Maybe it might not be the classiest thing in the world to do, to throw the deuce up in the mud as you're running away from him because Mm -hmm. he has no chance to catch you. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, fine. You said the backflip was over the top. Okay, fine. I'll give you that one. But you can't tell me that I'm just running and flexing. Is... And not even necessarily flexing in the direction of any particular player because he just got up and he's he like, just yeah, yeah he literally just got up and just ah yeah. And you're gonna tell me that that is worth 15 yards? So uh, you made the you made the um the comparison with the taunting rule in the NBA, and the NBA rule to me it makes a lot more sense because it's a situation where you can you can do things after you make a highlight dunk like mm-hmm. you just crown this man and, and men flex and yeah. shout yeah. and scream yeah. and are demonstrative correct but as long as you're not doing it directly in the guy's face now then it's not taunting it's mm-hmm. just 
you're celebrating a good celebrating thing. You understand that, you know, you've done something good and you want to celebrate it. The crowd's going crazy, all of that. So to tell me that I'm just flexing or I, like, let's see, some somebody makes a, a great catch to get up and they spin the ball. Is that taunting? Right. I I make a huge third down conversion on a third and 17. I get up and I point. Is that taunting? The NFL is creating a very slippery slope for themselves. And I, I honestly don't think that this is going to run as it is being called in the preseason for the entire season because there's no way. Or if it does go for the entirety of this season, next season, is going to be gone because this makes no sense. We have to be able to operate with some level of reason for this kind of thing. Yeah, it can't. It can't ask these guys to play like robots. I mean, I, like I like as much as I didn't like Tyreek Hill's antics, I would never. I, I never even my even in my wildest imagination thought that a rule should be instituted where he should be penalized for that. It was just like me personally, sports from a, a, a sportsmanship. A sort of perspective i just didn't like it but it's it's a part of the game you should be able to express yourself uh for me right ken as long as you're not putting your hands on any opponent then i have no problem with that as long as you don't touch me after you you could taunt or do whatever that might just fire me up more just yeah. don't put your hands on me right mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, and that's all it is like if, if if you make a play against me don't come and tap me on my butt or tap me anywhere and say something you know like to taunt. that is different that is yes. that is, is different Yes, that yeah, is definitely as, different. Yeah, I, I, as long as as as, as somebody is is just expressing themselves, like you know, robot, you, you will feel you will make some plays that will have you feeling hype, and it, it gets you into into a, a, a sort of mental state of preparation to to be able to to just be to, to just be gearing to go in this game. And you mean to tell me you can't even do that now because you're at risk of of causing your team a whole fifteen yards? <laughs> she's serious oh my word they've they've put taunting now on the same level of uh, roughing the kicker yeah roughing the quarterback like serious unsportsmanlike conduct and all it is is a guy just having a little fun on the field that is really sad that's really sad like I remember too like they, they had this whole thing about like you know, sometimes the guys used to celebrate with putting their hands behind their head and and giving a few um, waist pumps for the North American artists, for us in the Caribbean, a few jerks. <laughs> and you used to, it used to be like, all right, so you could obviously you couldn't you couldn't go like full ham on this thing. Yeah. So yeah. the guys used to just get a little two little quick pumps. Yeah, the on the crinkle berry. <laughs> something, something minor, something yeah, small. Yeah. And, and then we would just we would just move on. No, they can't even do that. So you can't you can't do anything, you can't get up and you know rotate your waist because that would consider to be sexual in nature and 15 yards again. <sighs> we will see. We will see <laughs> because the NFL is digging a hole for themselves with this. I, I, I'm I'm I, I do believe what you said though that even if they allow this this does run for the entire season. I feel like next year is old, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, this I, this is more than likely going to go the way of the um, coaches' challenges for pass interference because what was the point? We we put mm-hmm. in a rule that you could challenge pass interference and when 
there were things that met the standard of clear and obvious error and they still didn't overthrow it. Mm. So mm-hmm. what was the point? So there's no when teams have ridiculous amounts of yards given up in the early games because a man can't express himself and the players are complaining and the fans are complaining and everybody's complaining, then maybe maybe this will go the way of the Dodo. Mm. Shameful. Indeed. So, going along with the theme of being back, as I said, we are back and there are some players who are also back. First up is Dak Prescott. He is back. And depending on who you talk to, he may be hurt or he may not be that badly hurt. But Dak is back. His leg is good. He was looking good in practice. And then all of a sudden, we saw a tweet come out from the Dallas Cowboys official media handle saying uh, nothing to worry about, but Dak is going to get an MRI on his arm, on his shoulder. Apparently, Dak has an injury in that area underneath his throwing arm, which... Wow, I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, it's under here, you know, where you have the muscles that connect your arm and shoulder to your pecs and your back. Apparently, the issue is in that area. They said it's a bit interesting that a football player has this kind of injury because that's usually a baseball pitcher's injury. Right, but right. They're saying that there's nothing to worry about. But AJ, Dak is just coming back from a broken leg. How concerned would you be if you're a Dallas? I'm a Dallas or a Dallas fan? Because I, I think I, I think I think Dallas are concerned either way, mm-hmm. but they're trying to mask it. From the time you put out a tweet like that, well, there's no need to worry, but everything before the but is negated. Yes. Don't, don't word it like that. No. Oh, well, if it's like if your spouse just calls you, hey, um, don't get too worried, worked up, but our child just buzzed the head. I like, no, I don't want to hear the, the anything <laughs> before that. I like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't come and tell me that. The, all, all I heard is that the child buzzed the head. Uh, like you said, that just came back from an injury. Mind you, while it, it may not be the same injury, you don't want to hear that right now. And I, the Cowboys know that too. They're trying to placate the fans. I don't think it's working. I, they, I, I saw that they said he's still on track to be fit for week one, but it's still a concern. And the Cowboys know that. The Cowboys know that. that that's why they couldn't even word a tweet properly uh, to, 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 to share that news. They know that it 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 doesn't it doesn't look good, especially coming back from when they out that long and then you come back and you get all sorts of other little niggles. And as you said, this is an injury that can hamper his throwing. Yes, coming back from an injury on from on um on his leg that he so loves to use. This is this is cause for concern. I agree. That is well said. I don't think there's anything I can add to that. I mean, <laughs> we we know that usually guys have, um, I guess you could call it comp- compensatory injuries. So mm-hmm. you hear a guy, he has a hamstring strain or he has an ankle issue or he may have a bad knee and then all of a sudden his hamstring goes or he has a, a bad right. quad. This is right. not the same kind of thing, but this is something that is kind of unprecedented for a football player to have an injury that affects his throwing like this is not even to show, say is in the shoulder it's yeah. just is a muscular thing that so is. 
Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that. Now, we we said that Dak is back, and then Aaron Rodgers is back. And he is back with the Green Bay Packers, and he gave quite the interview when he returned. So we know that he's back, and they're saying that there is a gentleman's agreement that if they mm-hmm. can't repair their relationship and he wants to leave next season, well, he won't be back then. So, AJ, Rogers is back. Your thoughts? I, I still maintain that the Packers are not in the best position here. They're not, they're not the ones who hold the leverage here, despite the fact that, it, um, that Rogers is back. Still think at the end of this day, at, at the end of the day, this works out the way that Aaron Rodgers wants it to. And the Packers are, I wouldn't say a world of trouble, but I don't think it's setting up nicely for them in, in, in the near future even. They're still, they're still like, we would have heard more if Jordan Love was ready for this. There would have been more news coming out of that camp if Jordan Love, all, all we're still hearing is, is a lot of like rumblings and so that, oh, well, you know, he might be this, you know, we're not too sure. But the fact that they were so aggressively, they were, I mean, no one would want to give up Aaron Rodgers, right? You wouldn't want to lose him from your franchise. That's, mm-hmm. that's standard. But still, they, they were intent. They were so intent on keeping him. They brought back Randall Cobb. They brought back Randall Cobb just, just, just to, to sort of pacify Aaron and be like, all right, you know what? Let's, let's try to do this for one more year, please. Look, 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 look we're willing to do this for you. Like, to me, Aaron Rodgers still has all the leverage. Um, I do think he'll be professional enough to go out there and try to do his job for probably like a, a last swan song. Try to show the Packers what they will be missing when they downgrade to Jordan Love next season if they don't go and draft Jordan Love's replacement now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not fully surprised that he will return for this last, this, for this last year. Uh, um, I just still, again, think despite how it's played out that he still has the upper hand. So, I don't disagree that Rodgers has the upper hand. And, yes, he himself has made some concessions because, obviously, he was not turning up. And then he has turned up for camp. And he is going to play the season. There was a threat of him retiring altogether. Mm-hmm. And, of course, one of the names that he made mention of in his return interview was Randall Cobb, who very quickly was brought back on a trade, not even just as a free agent. He was traded for... Traded, trade back to him, yeah. Quick, 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 quick. Yeah, so, so there is a lot of eating of crow on the part of <laughs> the um, Packers to get Aaron Rodgers in. Most of this is because Jordan Love has not been setting the world alight, even though, what, this is his second year mm-hmm. with the Packers. So... At this point, we, we we just don't know. We will we will see, but I'm sure that this we will have a much more lengthy conversation about Rogers and the Packers oh, in, in to come, yes. yeah in the weeks to come. Somebody else is also back, Deshaun Jackson. He is back with the Texans, even though he is still saying that he still wants to be gone from there. Watson. Yeah, sorry. Yes, Deshaun Watson. My apologies. Ready and slip. Yeah, no yeah. problem. <laughs> yes, Watson is back. 
And he is training, he is practicing, he still wants to go. The Titans are still asking for way too much money to let him go. Sorry, not money, too much return, too much yeah. picks and other players to let him go. But we know Deshaun Watson is back. We are still yet to see if he'll actually play a snap this season because chances are there is a suspension looming for him um, with the NFL because of the allegations that we have spoken about ad nauseum in mm -hmm. previous episodes. So I don't even think we really need to spend any time on yeah. the shot. Yeah. However, somebody that I like to talk about a little bit is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is back <laughs> on the injury list. Carson Wentz, no sooner than he pulled up in Indianapolis, he is hurt. And he was supposed to be getting surgery. Now I'm hearing that Carson Wentz may actually be trending towards playing in week one, which is surprising for me. But yeah. of course, Carson Wentz is the kind of guy that all backup quarterbacks dream of because his fragility makes them extra valuable. You know that literally with Carson Wentz, you are one play away from getting into the game. That's I'm going to stop dogging Carson Wentz <laughs> just for now. AJ, what, what do you think? How do you feel about the return of Sir Wentz? Uh... Well, I can't be too motivated. After I just gave that extended soliloquy on Dak, I cannot now turn around and say this is not cause for concern, right? Because, because as you as you so eloquently put eloquently put just now, his fragility, Carson Wentz, that is, has been an issue. So the fact that he 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 was already you know already succumb 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 succumb. Yeah, that, that for some reason I wasn't um, translating well in my mind. The fact that he already succumbed to an injury mm -hmm. um, in the preseason, it, it is cause for concern. Um, who's the Colts backup right now? Um, so the Colts actually have a bit of a quarterback comp um, competition mm -hmm. <laughs> for the backup position because, Jacob again, is no longer there, so. Yeah, um, I have this Sam Ellinger, 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 Ellinger and yeah, Jacob Ellinger. Eason. Two guys mm, I had okay. never heard of before um, this situation happened. I think Eason just got drafted a year or two ago, something like that. Later, One of them later round picks. Um, yeah, so I guess Ellinger is, is the guy who's probably licking his chops right now. I mean, the, 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 the coaches are saying the same thing that, that Dallas essentially said, you know, that he's trending towards week one. But I mean, that's the situation is slightly different because at first the report was that he may be out for a longer extended period. Mm -hmm. um, but even even so, them even if I were a Coles fan, like them saying that doesn't fill me with much confidence. It doesn't fill me with much. Okay? It would it would sound like them just trying to soften the blow a little bit. So um, yeah, this this doesn't look like a good start. I I, I don't like it. And that being said, Carson Wentz, I'm not going to draft you this year. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, we, we definitely shall. Um, so the NFL, you know, the their their acronyms, um, National Football League, you know, for the No Fun League. And then there's another one that 
you could use for the NFL, especially in terms of these, is it, it could be all um, Caribbean vernacular. I'm not going to say what the second word is. You can fill in that blank for yourself. But the first <laughs> word is enough. The second word is look. Sorry, the third word is lies. You can put whatever you want. <laughs> you can put whatever you want right smack dab in the middle. So we know uh, that at this point in time, just like leading up to the draft, is a lot of smoke and mirrors. Enough lies. That's all I will say at this point. Mm-hmm. We will see what happens with Carson Wentz because he could be out till week 10 or he could be starting all week one. We will see how fast he heals. But as I said before, we know that he is a little bit on the fragile side and therefore anything is possible. With well, him. You know, that being said, you know, you know we, since we're talking about everyone who's already, who's back and who may not be back, Mm-hmm. And since you, you put it as Carson is back on the injury list, you know, who as at this point is not going to be back, and you never know who is going to pick him up next. That boy Josh Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> this seemed like the perfect time to mention him. Jo- yep. I, I know Josh- we were laughing about it earlier on, but this seems like the exact Ken. How long? I I, I don't want to be unjust here, right? Mm-hmm. How long does it take until we start to call someone a bust? I I I'm really I would really like to know. So when the Raiders had Jamarcus Russell, right? Mm-hmm. Jamarcus Russell played, I think he was a first-round pick. I don't remember if he was the first overall pick, but he was a first-round pick for sure. Mm-hmm. He played a season. And then within two se- subsequent seasons, he was out of the league. Right. And he is known to be an all-time bust. I was going to, for, for Josh Rosen, I would have phrased it that Josh Rosen is back on the breadline. He's back on the breadline. unemployment list <laughs> looking for a club <laughs> because he doesn't have one right now. Again, Josh Rosen has not even done as much as Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus yeah. Russell had a full season. I do not think... And Rosen was a number 10 pick. Right, but Rosen has not yet had 16 games as a starter. I don't believe. Because he he started, he was a starter in Arizona. We we will never forget his whole thing about all these teams that made a mistake and didn't pick him. Okay. He was going to show them. He was going to show he was going to show the world. He was going to show everybody. But he hasn't shown us yet. So he oh boy. he didn't get 16 games. He, he he didn't get the 16 games of Arizona. He went to Miami. He didn't get much game time there. He left there. This is this is the fourth team that he's yeah, been he on. The Bucks after that, right? Yes, he was with the Bucks. Bucks and then yeah. This is his fourth team in the NFL, and he is gone in the first round of roster cuts. In the first round of roster, yeah. Yeah. So we we're moving yeah, from 99 to 85. Mm-hmm. And you don't make it past round one? No. And yeah. They, they waved him to pick up a corner. It's a wrap. <laughs> it is a wrap. That is, he he now has to go into the realm of all time busts already. Because uh, I'm 
I don't like to call misfortune on guys, but I just, he's just one of the guys that from the time he was drafted, it just came, he just came across as more privileged as, as opposed to like wanting to get his head on at work. No, I, I, I can, I can appreciate that if you think you should go high in a draft, you use that as some sort of fuel to motivate you to be a better person. Hell, Tom Brady did it, right? Yep. But it's the manner in which you go about addressing that. I, I, I Like to, to say on, on your draft night that, oh, the nine teams ahead of me, make, like, first of all, you know, just say I'm an, I'm an, I'm an Arizona Cardinal, can't wait to, to get ready, um, can't um, wait to get to work, you know, and, and work for this franchise and, you know, like anything like that. Some of the man's first words were that the nine teams in front of him made a mistake. I'm like, yeah, this boy ain't gonna make it. This boy ain't gonna make it. I, I said so on draft night. So it doesn't, I, I don't take pleasure in seeing him struggle and seeing myself being right, but I just, it kind of feels like, yeah, this seemed, this, this was inevitable. So it's, I mean, it felt, it, it felt inevitable. But the, 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 the only thing that I will say, I guess you could almost say in his defense, with regards to that draft night comment, was that Aaron Rodgers said something similar when the 49ers passed him. He said he was going to make them sorry every single time he played them. He was able to keep his word. Yeah. Unfortunately for Josh Russell, their skill levels and clearly their application towards the game are not the same. Correct. Apples and oranges. Exactly. So, now we move on from the guys who are back. We know we like to celebrate when guys get their money. So, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Josh Allen has just gotten a massive extension. Six years, um, a total value of $258 million with $150 million in total guarantees. Congratulations, Josh Allen. We will, well, at least we will expect that since you've made all of this money, they will continue to use you as Josh Allen and not Jaheim Allen, where you will have to be (laughs) taking some hits because of your athleticism that could be associated um, with others. Also getting paid is Jamal Adams. Now, you remember Jamal Adams, he wanted to get his money from the time he was in New York. He got traded from New York to Seattle, and Seattle has decided that, yes, we love you here. We are going to pay you four years, $70 million, $38 million guaranteed. Congratulations Mm -hmm. to you, Mr. Adams. Yeah, Yeah. I think they both deserve it, so not not much to add here, yeah. Happy for him. All right. So, AJ, we know we're trying to keep an eye on the clock. We're trying to keep this tight. So we're going to have to go a bit rapid fire on Mm -hmm. who do you trust? Who do you trust this week? We are looking at some quarterback battles that are playing out both in the training camps and also during preseason. So we are using, there's an article on Bleacher Report that have encapsulated the quarterback battles and who they think are winning the battles right now. And we use that to help guide our conversation because, Mm -hmm. I mean, if they've done the research, I don't necessarily need to do it myself. So, first up, we have 
Andy Dalton and Justin Fields with the Chicago Bears. Now, as I had made mention of before earlier, there's a lot of buzz about one Justin Fields because he had a pretty good um, performance in the preseason opener against the Dolphins. Dalton had two of four, he went two of four for 18 yards. Fields had a lot longer run in the game. He went 14 of 20 for 142 yards and a touchdown with also five runs for 33 yards and another score. So AJ, and not even asking who do you trust? Who are you picking to win this quarterback battle? Andy Dalton or Justin Fields? No, Justin Fields. Justin Fields all day. <laughs> yeah, I have enough faith in him. I, I, this is no disrespect to the Red Rifle. I've, I've actually been a fan of his, but he does have his limitations. I mean, even when they drafted him, they knew what they were trying, what they were, the, the Bears, they knew what they were doing by, I said drafting, sorry. Even when they picked him up, they knew what they were um, looking for. And he's, he's, he, he did to mentor this young man. That's all it is. And be a backup in, in case of emergency. He's a break the glass in case of emergency. This is Justin Fields' job for me. Well, as I have said many times on here, that the Mendoza line of quarterbacks for many years is Andy Dalton. If you had one better than him, you had a quarterback. And if you had one worse than him, you didn't have one. So <laughs> Justin Fields was brought in to be the starter. Maybe not the week one starter, but he is there to be the starter. Mm-hmm. My expectation is that he is also going to be starting come week one. As you said, no disrespect to Andy Dalton. It is just that there is more upside with the youngster at this point. Definitely. All right. Who do you trust? Number two, we have the Denver Broncos who were hoping to land either... Uh, they were trying to get... It was either going to be Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. Instead, we have a competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, which is not really setting... The pulse is racing, but I mean, we have Teddy, we have Drew, Teddy, who has been steady, Teddy, but not, you know, explosive Teddy, and Drew Law, who tends to only really play good when it gets into the fourth quarter, and they're already down three scores. So, when they had the um, preseason game against the Vikings, as I said, the... Broncos blew the doors off the Vikings. Locke went five for seven, five of seven for 151 yards and a touchdown. Uh, sorry, and two touchdowns. Bridgewater came in and he went seven of eight for 74 yards and a touchdown. So they both had a good game, but in the practices, we're hearing that they both had good days and good moments. And then they come back and have Otherwise, days and otherwise moments. So, AJ, who do you think is going to win this one? Teddy Bridgewater feels like the lesser of evils here. That's the best way I could put it. I, I, I don't trust Drew Locke. I know, I know particularly, you, you could remember that I didn't want Jerry Judy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was a little peeved when Jerry Judy got drafted on, um, to Denver because I did, I, what I said specifically is I don't want him down there with Drew Locke. In, in, in your city. I don't want him there. Dulock just has not impressed me. And the fact that they brought in Teddy, it is it, like to, to me, Teddy is more experienced. And uh, while they have different skill sets, I, I think Teddy was there to, to really push for that starting job. And I think he's going to win it. I just don't see 
I haven't seen enough from Drew Locke to convince me that he's ready to 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 um take the reins of this team. So the only reason why I go against him in this one, I actually believe that um Drew Locke is more likely to be the week one starter than Teddy is because of his familiarity with the system. He has a year under his belt with mm-hmm. that head coach, with that offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. The continuity that he has with the players as well, it gives him the leg up. And the fact that right now the two of them are basically neck and neck in the um, training and also in the performances during the preseason game so far, mm-hmm. it feels more likely that Teddy is going to start as the backup. Drew Locke is going to be the starter. Chances are he may or he may not stink up the joint in the first couple of weeks. And then Teddy takes takes over for the rest of the season. But at this point, I believe that it is still Drew Locke's job to lose. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, they may mention, I, quickly, Trevor Lawrence or Gardner Minshew? Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so we move on. <laughs> we move on. So yeah. there's there's supposed to there's apparently a quarterback um, competition between Cam Newton and Matt Jones. The Patriots have not named their beat one starter as yet. So AJ, who do you believe wins this um, job? Newton went four of seven for forty nine yards, and Matt Jones went thirteen of nineteen for eighty seven yards in their preseason opener. So I'm going to apply the same um, analysis that you just gave for Denver here. But the situation is slightly different here for me because Mac Jones is a rookie, right? Uh, no sort of familiarity with, and, and we know that the Patriots playbook is not an easy one to, to pick up just like that, right? Even Cam struggled with it a bit last season. Um, but because of that, that being said, he's had a year with the team. Um, he's now had an, and an, he's no having an offseason, um, doesn't have COVID. I, I think he he I think he he should be a little better this year than he was last year. We know he was not up to even his standard. He knows that too. But I think he'll be ready this year and that job is his to me from week one. Mac Jones is more long term. I we never thought Cam was going to be long term in New England, but I mean it's only two seasons so far. We'll see how it goes. But this is Cam Jobs for um Cam's job for from week one. I agree. And I like I said, it, it would be it would be remiss of me now to come and speak differently about mm-hmm. this situation after just yeah. making the points <laughs> I made about here in Denver. So we we will move on. Um one more and well two more. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke are apparently in a quarterback competition for oh the Washington football team. Um Fitzpatrick went 5 of 8 for 58 yards, while Heineke was 9 of 15 for 86. So who do you believe is going to win this job? All right, let me keep this short. Taylor Heineke had his moment. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but Washington football team and Ron Rivera do not trust him enough to start him from week one. Not saying this from inside the info, I just don't believe it. This is um, pick Patrick's job from week one. I would like to believe that Heineke can win it. But there's something about Ryan Fitzpatrick that gets coaches excited. So, especially in the first few, especially like the first four to six weeks, something like that. 
Yeah, yeah. So you know that he is going to come out and he's going to give you some effort. He's going to give you that good old college try and he has no fear in just throwing that ball up there. So yeah, we were going to say that Fitzpatrick wins this job. And finally, my Saints, this is the one that has the entire NFL captivated. I don't know why we are even having this conversation. But anyhow, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston are locked in a battle for the starting position with my New Orleans Saints, and they're both trying to succeed Drew Brees, my guy. So Hill finished with 8 of 12 for 81 yards and an interception. Winston went 7 of 12 for 96 yards with a touchdown and an interception. As I made mention of in the opener, we had six turnovers in this game. Who do you believe wins this job? I, I want to let you talk on this more. What I will say is that, in my opinion, <laughs> a quarterback who throws some picks but is still productive is better than a bizarro Tebow quarterback. So, Jameis Winston. I really, really don't know why Sean Payton... He is participating in the enough lies portion of this conversation. We all know that James Winston is the better quarterback. We all know this. As I've said, if Winston cannot beat Taysom Hill for this job, Winston should go ahead and retire. He should go yeah, ahead much, and retire. Pretty much. So I would like to see Taysom Hill go back to being Taysom Hill being my Swiss army knife and doing everything. Mm. I love him in that role. I don't want him to be my starting quarterback. No way, no. Is quite, quite understandable, actually. No, thanks. <laughs> right? So that was who do you trust? So, AJ, for this week's final thought, I'm going to just keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. As we may have mentioned of earlier, today is cut day in the NFL. Um, <laughs> the a lot of the teams are moving from, well, every team is cutting down from 99 players to 85, I think. And then there are two further cut days to come. The last one by Tuesday, August the 31st, all 32 teams have to have a 53-man roster, 60-man practice squad. There are lots of notable names who are being cut today. We made mention of Tim Tebow. I think briefly. Did we? I don't even I, I just mentioned his name for the first time tonight, I think. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, fine. Tim Tebow. <laughs> we never expected that he was going to be the guy in Jacksonville at tight end. He's never played the game at that position before. So happy trails to you, Tebow. You got to try out for another position. Um, Ito Smith. Running back, he was with Arizona. Oh, yeah. He's been cut. Alfred mm-hmm. Morris, he was Saw with. One, yeah. yeah, he has he been cut Giants. as well with the Giants. Mm-hmm. We also have Prince of Mukamara. We brought him in in New Orleans as a cornerback. He's been cut. Marvin Hall, wide receiver, cut from the Patriots. Lamar Miller, running back with the Washington football team. He's been cut. Kerryon Johnson. He was just with Philly. He's also been cut. I did not know that one. 
Yeah, so there are some notable names who got the chop today. But my my whole thing about this is not about these names that we know because most of these guys have been in the league for a while. With the exception of Tebow, who's been out of the league for a while. But like Kerryon Johnson, he was drafted just in 2019. He mm-hmm. has... 916 snaps in the NFL. Prince Mukamara, he was drafted in 2011. 1,869 snaps. Antonio Callaway, another name that I didn't even mention just now. Wide receiver that was just with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's also been cut. He's had 972 snaps since he has, since, well, between 2018 to 2020. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of guys whose names we will never know. There are lots of guys who, this was their dream. And they've been working for this. They've been trying their best. A lot of them will be undrafted guys who came in looking for a job, who were doing their best to make a roster. And they are getting cut today as well. In a lot of cases, this may be their only opportunity that they will have ever had to make it into the league. And it has not worked out for them. So my heart goes out to those guys. Not necessarily the Callaways and Johnsons and, and those guys. I wish them nothing but the best in the future. If they are able to make it onto a practice squad, that would be great. But usually, practice squad guys are the guys that get cut in the last cut. Those are the ones that you know usually stick around the longest, which is why we made mention and made like to some degree of Josh Rosen being cut in the first round of cuts. So we don't know what the future holds for these guys. I wish them nothing but the best. If any of them see this podcast and want to come on and tell us about their experiences, we will be happy to have you. By all means. Yeah. So that is, that is my final thought for this week. So now we to have we just have a few quick announcements for everyone. Um, as we said, you know, we are happy to be back. As we are in a new season. We have some new equipment. As you can see, I have a new headset on. The audio should be sounding a little bit clearer. I'm sitting in a new room in my house. There no, we don't have the window behind me anymore. There's a nice wall with a painting just there. Now, we are also going to have some new things happening this season um we are going to introduce the green beige fantasy spot which we are going to record as soon as we're finished here we are going to look at the league from a fantasy perspective i mean we have fun playing fantasy and it's something that we would not mind doing with you as well so as you will see and we will put in the comments in the comment section below Our Twitter handles, our Instagram handles are always displayed for you. Reach out to us and let us know if you would be interested in taking on your boys in a fantasy league. More will come in the fantasy pod, which will follow this one. Also, we're going to have some guests come through every once in a while this season as we look at the games and we discuss everything. We're going to have a guest next week for next week's episode so stay tuned for that at this point i think that is just about it 
at least for today. AJ, do you have anything for the people? No, it's just good to be back, man. Can't, can't wait for football to be back. I mean, despite the fact that my team wasn't my team last year, if you know what I mean, they were still the better of my teams in sports. So, and you knew, you know exactly what that one means. So, yes. I just can't wait for football to be back. All right, folks. So, that brings us to the end of episode one of our new season. Heading into the new season, the 2021 season of the NFL. As always, that is AJ. He is the green. I'm Ken. I am the beige. We will see you next time.